0: Turn in your Bibles, please, uh, to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And uh, we'll read another one of the many stories in the Bible about Jesus' love. We're looking at Jesus' post resurrection appearances. And uh, this Sunday is our second Sunday in doing that. We pick up the story in John 20. It's still Resurrection Sunday. Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John have seen the empty tomb and the empty folded linens and burial cloth. Mary Magdalene has already seen Jesus, thinking at first he was the gardener. And then this story, as the Apostle John tells it. On the evening of the first day of the week, beginning at verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, it's still Resurrection Sunday, now night. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was, was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Sound familiar? And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting it and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, and my God. Then Jesus told them, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. These are the very words of God. Amen? Just a few thoughts this morning on the time that we have left. I want to focus a little bit um, uh, on Thomas, or as he's known, uh, Doubting Thomas. Um, It's really a bad rap for Thomas. It's not the nickname you pick pick for yourself, right, to be known through the history of the world. (laughs) Oh, there goes Doubting Thomas. Um... And it's a little bit of a bad rap because earlier in John's Gospel, when Jesus makes the decision to go back to Jerusalem, where all the disciples knew that the Jewish leaders wanted them all dead, Jesus says, we're going back. I can imagine those kids, really? But it was Thomas who stood up and said, guys, let's also go with him and die with him. Does that sound like a doubter? Maybe the nickname from that story that Thomas should have is Courageous Thomas. Jesus comes and stands among them and Thomas is there. One thing I want to pull from that encounter with Jesus and and ask you to consider it for your life today is notice there is no condemnation from Jesus. No condemnation toward his doubting disciple. None. There's nothing wrong with a faith that yearns for a sign, that yearns for evidence that Jesus is alive and is who he says he is. No condemnation from Jesus. To Thomas there. Today, I don't know that Jesus will show up um, in your living room or in your bedroom or in, during your prayer time in the flesh and say, See my scars. If he does or if he has, would you see me after the service? Because I'd really like to hear the story. He may. Chances are, um, probably not. But nevertheless, are there signs that God gives you, gives us in our lives, that He is indeed there? I'll tell you, the obvious one that hit me uh, just this morning at the 8 o'clock service um, when I got to see the video for the first time, and then at 10 o'clock with these families up here, I mean, you parents, do you remember the day in the delivery room when those little ones were born? That's one of those signs, isn't it? That there is a God. I see the beauty of new life. I see how amazingly they're put together. How their little fingers work. Their eyes. Their big, beautiful eyes. And I just say, I, so I, how is it possible that there isn't a God with this kind of amazing creation that others suggest just sort of happened on its own? own and that's a sign at least it is to me you know what Uh, that there is a God that's a a reasonable basis even looking at those children this morning that there truly is uh, a creator are there other signs in your life the beauty of the morning maybe you take part in or you've seen healing that can only be explained by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Is that a sign still for you today? Maybe it's a love that you receive from a neighbor or a friend or love from a stranger, compassion, empathy, kindness, gentleness. Are those still signs that our faith can attach to and find firm footing upon when maybe like Thomas, uh, we... Uh, doubt sometimes in the face of blindness or, uh, or or pain there's no condemnation from Jesus and I tell you there's a huge lesson there as well for our witness to the world and to each other do you notice in that first encounter who was missing when Jesus first came to the disciples who wasn't there Thomas wasn't there at first. Where do you think he was? Bible doesn't say, so it's all guessing. I wonder if this man who can be a few chapters before, a few months before, a few weeks before, who can say, let's go to Jerusalem with him and die, and then a few weeks later say, I don't believe you guys. I don't even believe the closest people to me that you've seen him. I don't know what in the world you saw. Maybe it was a ghost. Maybe I, I, I don't know what it was, but I'm not going to believe until I see him for himself. It's a huge swing in a short time, isn't it? Maybe Thomas is someone who uh, is emotional. Maybe Thomas is someone, do you know these people? You know exactly what they're feeling, like, all the time. What do we say? That they wear their emotions on their sleeves, Right? Maybe Thomas is like that, and and I wonder if the reason he's not there that morning maybe such a deep feeler like that maybe he's too devastated, too broken that he's just withdrawn, And, and he wants to stay away. And then when his friends, his closest friends, do tell him, "We've seen the Lord." What was that conversation like? John gives us a real short version of it, but can you imagine? Ten of you have seen him, and you've got to grudgingly admit, well, sorry, ladies, I wish we would have listened when you saw him, too. You were right. Thomas, we've all seen him. He's alive. And yet Thomas stays resolute. I won't believe it until I see it. How do you think that conversation went? I'll tell you one way it could have gone. It could have gotten quite confrontational, don't you think? When you believe something and someone closest to you doesn't, and you've seen it for your own eyes, and, and they just don't see it that way. can that be really, really frustrating? And it can it lead to an argument and become quite confrontational? And could it have left with them just being disgusted with Thomas because he was so stupid that he couldn't see, that he wouldn't believe them when they themselves saw it? How can you be so foolish? You've been with him for three and a half years. You've seen everything he's done. And when we think back, remember, Thomas, he said he would die and he'd come back from the dead. How could you not believe it? It makes so much sense are you stupid? And, and Could it have ended with Thomas running away into the night with, uh, with those teens, I think those disciples were, uh, at least most of them, chanting after him, you're doubting Thomas, you're doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas, you're stupid. I don't think that happened. And you know why I don't? Because one week later, who was there with them? Thomas. Even though he didn't get it yet, in terms of what they believed and knew, it was still a welcome place for him because they loved him. I think there's a lesson there for us in our witness and our walk as we, too, try to provide a reasonable basis and as we, too, are signs to people that indeed our faith isn't foolish but rests on truth that Jesus is alive, as we try to invite people to consider that we're very, very wary in our attempt to do that and to prove it that we don't unnecessarily offend and condemn and call them silly or stupid and send them running away never to return. And my friends, like it or not, the stories are legion where that exact thing happens in the Bride of Christ in the church today. And if you want to hear one pastor's heartbeat for West Bowles Community Church as we strive to help people discover their identity, as we strive to help them find community, as together we hope to make a difference, my heartbeat is is that this is a place that's welcoming and that is patient. Oh, bend over backward patient and not condemning That's why I so badly wanted two times the word love on the platform every morning, every Sunday morning, anytime anybody comes in here. And so help us God, I want to be a community like that. You know, I was reading just this short story and then I'll let you go. I was reading uh, why uh, some were guessing that John included this story of Thomas for us. None of the other Gospels do. And a few commentators suggested, you know, John, where he wrote, and his audience in particular, they really revered the Greek god Apollo. And the more I read about Apollo and many other Greek gods, there's many stories in Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, other religions. There's many stories where the God comes, um, and he comes uh, to encounter and to meet up with followers of him or followers of her that don't believe. And in that story, when those gods come and encounter followers who are struggling with believing them, the God is angry, and he's condemning. There's a story where Apollo, he came and he turned all of his No good, stupid people who didn't believe in him. He turned them all into bats. And maybe John includes the story to show that stark contrast. Jesus didn't come there that morning and turn Thomas into a bat, he came patient and empathetic and loving did what he could to offer him proof in the hope that he would find enough at least for God to convict in him that he was indeed to believe his own eyes and he was standing there. And what was Thomas's response to that kind of empathetic patience from the disciples for those eight days and from Jesus at that moment? His response was, the other bookend to the book of John which began in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and John then ends his gospel with Thomas's declaration in response to that kind of love. My Lord and my God. One of the families, I forget which one in the video, gets to have the exclamation point, exclamation point today because when this father as you saw if you read quickly when this father saw the miracle the sign that there is a god in the birth of his child do you see what they caught on the video only afterward what did he say oh my god oh my god oh my god i want to see that video by the way whoever they want oh my god oh my god oh my god May we too be the sign to people in a loving, empathetic, patient way that allows God to build in them and to reduce defenses in them, where they too can come to the moment of realization of Thomas in the face of whatever sign he has, the moment of realization of this dad with the sign of God in this new birth, where they will respond to God's love through us as we love my Lord and my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the great gift this morning to share in the new life this new sign of who you are with these families. Father, I pray for these 19 kids and their siblings and their families. Father, I pray that as you give them signs that you're real, that the Bible's true, that there is a God who is love, and that the path to him is through Jesus, would you give them the eyes to see it as Thomas did that day? And would you give the parents in this community here the great patience and empathy and perseverance, no matter how long it takes, to humbly and lovingly and gently and respectfully show them, Father, who you are. We love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand, please, for the benediction? Many feel the, chapter, the end of chapter 20 of the Gospel of John was its original ending, and that chapter 21, as it was being completed, was, uh, was added a, a bit later. In any event, the episode with Thomas ends with Jesus saying these words, uh, with the authors of John saying these words and summarizing what Jesus did with Thomas. But these things are written, all of it in the Gospel of John, but these things are written, my friends, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing that you may have life in his name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a blessed week, West Bulls. God bless you all.